Today on the show, I talk to Dr. Timo Sandritter from Ingentis. He's their new executive board member. We talk about what's after the great resignation, workforce trends upcoming, and of course, Unleash America. It's our last audio discussion before the show. The next one will be live from Vegas. For now, though, here's me talking to Timo. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to Unleashcast to Timo Sandritter from Ingentis. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. We are talking about um, some of the issues within HR at the moment, the direction that uh, certain aspects of it are going. Uh, also, the upcoming show next week in Las Vegas, all very exciting. Let's talk first about uh, the great resignation. It's an overused term. Is it going away? What's next? It's been something that's been on our radar for a long, long time. Um, What's coming after? Let's look forward. What do you think? So I don't think, I mean, the great resignation, uh, I think is a term that's been overplayed a little bit uh, by now, right? We've all gone through this and, you know, coming out of COVID, still inside of COVID, we realized that we don't need a workforce that's always in the office. Uh, the, the understanding of eight to five in an office setting is, is long done. I think the great resignation is now coming to an end in terms of, the term that that coined it, but I believe we're going, um, while we're going back into the offices, I think that the flexibility that that was driven out of that and the fact that we are now utilizing tech more and more in our favor, where before we were almost a little bit resistant towards it, I think that's going to exist and it's going to continue that way. And, and you're looking at the different generations that make up the workforce today, right? I mean, I think we have still five different generations within one workforce. Um, looking at the ones that are phasing out with the traditionalists and the baby boomers, and then looking at Generation X, Millennials, and Generation Z, and, and them using tech and being more flexible and being motivated by things beyond just money and fringe benefits, but but you know freedom to be wherever I am. Uh, so I think that trend is not stopping. It just may be coined newly, and it may not be a, a negative anymore. Um, I also believe that... Uh, the understanding of lifelong tenure within companies like you had in Japan and Germany and even partly in the US, I think that's coming to an end. And I think employers even embrace the fact that they may have employees that, you know, only want to work for them two, three, four years and then do something else. And I think it's going to be a good thing, right? Because you get fresh blood, fresh thinking into the company. Yes, you lose some institutional knowledge when they leave. Uh, but again, it's also not a bad thing to bring some fresh thinking in it. Yeah, I agree. Certainly. I, I wonder if um, the next steps are that maybe pe- the things people are putting in place to find the right people in work. And, and you, you talk about the, the idea of sort of fringe benefits and things like that. Is it going to be sustainable in, in a year's time? Are we going to see yet another big movement, uh, perhaps? And also the, the next point on that is, can we head these off, had these possibilities off by kind of crunching and analyzing uh, the data a little bit better about workforce trends, do you think? I think it's it's important to understand what benefits actually do, right? Because at the end of the day, every benefit can be translated to some money. So I can give somebody a salary and that's great. And we used to do that, just salary, right? And then you add healthcare and you add dental and you add all the other educational systems and you have ping pong and bagel Friday and potluck Tuesday. And, and those are all nice and dandy. They help with the culture, but they also translate to some money. Uh, I think the, the good news what, I, what excites me about the future of the workforce is that, that money only goes so far and it's just a one motivator, right? But there's components like self-efficacy and attribution in individuals that make out motivation as well. 
And so the more we, we look at the data and the more we look at the individual and what really drives them, I think that will set the tone of that workforce and also the associated, let's call them fringe benefits for the lack of better words with that. And it's beyond just, again, offering, you know, more bagels or, or more coffee breaks or whatever else there may be. And that's, to me, it's super exciting because I'm looking at individuals, what drives them in the context of anything beyond monetary. You were talking before about uh, other wor workforce issues. This is kind of Ingantis and your uh, wheelhouse speciality, the, the kind of solving workforce issues, maybe uh, using data and analytics as well. I think. What what other workforce issues can you see coming down the line, negative and maybe even positive? I think that, uh, you know, institutional knowledge walking out. I mean, for a long time, especially here in the US, we send everybody to college. Everybody has to go to college, get a degree, go to college. That's great. Um, and, and that experience itself used to be almost secondary to that academic record. Uh, I'm a big advocate of the of the experience, right? And so every time somebody retires, somebody moves away, you lose that knowledge that that individual had. And so to really understand the data that's associated with that, where it's you know getting it out of people's heads on paper or into a system is, is super important, right? Before they retire or before they leave the company. What's also important is you know anything associated with you know diversity, equity, and inclusion, of course related to data, you know, how do we track that and how do we grow that over time, where it's not just a matter of looking at demographics to change your workforce, but also looking at the consilience associated with different skill sets. Um, I think innovation has to feel uncomfortable and we know that, right, because it's against our status quo and it, it, that by itself makes us feel uncomfortable. But that's why it's important to let the data do the talking and not just our emotion. I think Jack Welsh said that, you know, he listens to his gut feelings and that intuition, uh, you know, not that I would ever correct him, but I feel like it's not what's in our gut, it's what's in our hippocampus that's stored in the back of our brain that, that drives some of that thinking. And I think if we find a way to put that on inside of the data and visualize that accordingly, it will set us up for success in the future, especially, right, when there's higher fluctuations in the workforce, high attrition rates, which to me, again, not a, not a negative, but if that happens, I need to make sure I capture what leaves and whatever bring, I bring in somewhat either replaces that, complements that, or you know we realize it becomes obsolete. We've all started going back to events quite recently. I think it's extremely exciting and I'm really looking forward to the show next week. Uh, I went to an event recently and some of the topics that kind of became bigger themes that you'd hear people talking about and a lot of the sessions were centered around some of them those obviously as the, the aforementioned great resignation but also learning analytics was quite a big thing future skills as well uh the idea of inclusivity do these resonate with you and what other things do you expect to see at unleash uh next week in las vegas i'm super excited i'm actually really excited that that's my first event in well years um, to actually go to in person. I'm excited to actually, you know, shake hands. Despite that I'm a tech guy, I, I want to shake people's hands and look in their eyes. I'm really excited to see the trends that are that are coming out of Unleash and, and, and HR tech in regards to the skill mapping, right? It's easy to, to understand hard skills and I can send everybody to training and say, hey, you guys all need to acquire skill X, um, but what's the motivation and drivers behind that? Like a proper role in skill mapping in a much larger context. Um, the upskilling, right? The, the training and development beyond just career development. I feel like for the longest time, 
we all went and we said, okay, we need to learn those skills to climb up the hierarchical ladder. I feel like with the generations, especially millennials and Generation Z, without oversimplifying it, uh, it's not just a matter of climbing hierarchically, right? Climbing the, the ladder to become CEO one day, for lack of better words, but rather have a diversification that is lateral, where you know I may gain more skills, not because I get promoted, but because I become a subject matter expert, or I diversify my portfolio by adding a completely new skill. I think I'm super excited about that in the context of what drives the, the employees, right? What drives, what's the motivation behind acquiring skill, um, especially with, with the future to come? I think we are beyond just getting, you know, coming in as employee, junior, becoming senior, becoming manager, VP, and then C-suite uh, officer. I think we're beyond that now. And I'm excited about, you know, understanding what it takes to become a subject matter expert in a particular field. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so many great sessions to uh, attend, so many great conversations to be had. Timo, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to meeting you next week in Unleash America. Thank you. Likewise, I'm super excited about it.